Stormy Daniels. Do I call you Stormy? Yes, it's my you're name. You're happy for that, for an interview? Absolutely. It's Miss Daniels if you're nasty. <laughs> You've, I mean, you're probably right now the most famous woman on planet Earth. That's how does that? How does that feel? Terrifying. Does it? it? Yeah, and surreal. It just doesn't make sense. Everyone thinks they know you. Very few people, I guess, know you properly. What has it been like for you to go through this extraordinary political maelstrom? Um, God, there's like so many facets to that answer. I mean, it was completely shocking at first. You know, I was pretty established. I had my fan base. I was well known in the adult industry. I mean, I'd been a contract star for a long time, you know, both as a performer, writer, director, all of that stuff. And I had really solidified my place and where I wanted to be there. So there was this like instant explosion. <clears throat> but my fan base switched. Like the people that had been my followers, my fans for the longest time were a completely separate demographic than the ones I was totally being, you know, swarmed with. Mm. You know, I was dancing in strip clubs, which I had always done, but used to be I'd go on stage and most of the people would be, you know, white guys in suits, very much like you. And then suddenly overnight I walked out on stage and all of those guys were gone and it's gay men and trans people and women, a lot of women. Really? Just this whole other crowd and dynamic. So that was, you know, I guess shell-shocked would be the yes. thing. And, um, and then just the, the misconceptions mm. and the shock that came with that. You know, I had been in porn for a long time. I had a thick skin. I wasn't surprised by being called, like, you know, whore, slut, or, you know, all of that stuff. But it was the being treated inhuman, mm. like next level, which was really, really shocking. And then that narrative started to change, and people started to call me, like, really crazy things, like a hero and, like... This champion for the meat two movement. So then I started to feel like I was being pulled in all of these different directions mm -hmm. where people, sometimes on purpose, sometimes inadvertently, were trying to use me to fit their cause and their narrative mm -hmm. and what they wanted to get out of it, you know? And that was never the case. I was just telling the truth. What I've been struck by is a lot of women, I know actually, quite high profile women, have, they find you very admirable. They think that you've actually grown to represent female empowerment, the, right. the way you stood up to power, uh, the way you've refused to back down, mm -hmm. the way you've fought your corner, and the way you've defended your industry, where many right. people have, as you say, tried to sort of dehumanise right. you and shame you for it, and you've had none of that. Right. Has that been nice for you, to see a lot of women actually come round and now be on your side? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, people who work in the adult industry. Mm. You know, that was a big deal for me. There was all these misconceptions that... People in our industry either work in that business because they can't do anything else, because they're too stupid to do anything else, or they're broken, or they're, you know, failed at mainstream actresses mm. or whatever. I'll tell you right now that some of the smartest women I've met have been in the adult industry, mm. you know. Um, so that's really cool to sort of see us taken a little more seriously. Um, and to, you can't really shame somebody who's been seen naked everywhere. Like, what are you going to do, release nudes of me? Ooh. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Good for business, right? right. <laughs> so Donald Trump uh, yesterday became the first former president of the United States to ever be arrested, to sit in a courtroom mm -hmm. facing criminal charges. Did you watch it? Um, a little bit, yeah. It was, it was on. I mean, it was on every channel. So I try not to pay too much attention 
because it just starts to like the gravity of the situation and it has nothing to do with Trump and it has nothing to do with Stormy but like when you look at it as a whole like this is really happening in our country and no matter if it goes in his favor or you know my favor or Democrat Republic it's it's gonna just be more divisive and it's you know at first I thought I'd be really excited you know I thought mm. that when that day came because I didn't think it would mm. and then I really didn't think it would I thought you know um, I thought he was gonna get away with not being held accountable so when I found out that it was coming or, or potentially coming I thought that I would feel excited and vindicated but it was kind of anticlimactic was it how interesting yeah, when, you, when, you, when you saw him in the court, what did you feel? Um, part of me was, you know, finally, like, he had to go in and be under the rule of someone else. He had to obey the, the judge and walk through, like, a, you know, the king has been dethroned. He's no longer untouchable. Mm. Um, and nobody should be untouchable. It doesn't matter if, what your job description is, whether you're the president. Like, um, you should be held responsible for your yeah. actions. But the other side of it was like, this is someone that our country elected and chose. Was there no better option? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is just, it, honestly, if I, there was a range of emotions, but yeah. I think sad was the one that was the most impactful and shocking for me. To I feel. Mean, how weird is it? You're Stormy Daniels, and you had a perfectly nice life, really, mm -hmm. until recently with all this sort of mayhem. And suddenly, there's this moment in American history and it's happening in a courtroom and it's only really happening because of you. I mean, if you chart back the genesis of this court case, if he hadn't, through his lawyer, which is what the allegation is, mm -hmm. paid this money to you, he wouldn't be sitting there. Right. And that's a lot, you know, um, a lot of the nasty messages and stuff I get really feel like it's my fault that, you know, mm -hmm. that... I've made America the laughing stock, or I'm the fall of democracy. I wish I had that much power, but well, your I don't. only your only crime, it seems to me, is that you got Told paid. The truth. Well, you got paid hundred and thirty thousand right. dollars, and someone's got to explain why you got paid that. I mean, right? Which I didn't even realize the gravity of the situation at the time, mm -hmm. or you know, the repercussions of that. But you know, I'm not responsible for all of his bad behavior mm -hmm. or the charges against him by any stretch. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's just more than we can even imagine. I think he even goes on trial in a couple of weeks for rape. It's not my, f I didn't, I'm not the fire. I was the spark that lit the fuse that blew up the keg. Do you think that this is the right fuse to light? Putting aside your own feelings about it all and what's happened to you, there is an argument that I've seen this actually from media across the, the divide, really, liberal media as well. So I don't think there's enough there to justify putting a former president through this process. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, you've touched on this, but do you think it's healthy for America and democracy to go after Donald Trump over this particular thing? Or would it have been better to wait for what some would argue are the more serious things? January 6th, right. the Georgia phone calls, uh, the possession of potential classified documents right. and so on. So I haven't, to be completely honest, I haven't read the indictment or I have no legal knowledge of it. Um, but I agree with you. To me, those are such more significant crimes you mm. know what I mean my thing is one person and obviously it's the most important thing to me because I am me and it's selfish you know my mm. selfish opinion but those I mean the January 6th look how many people got injured or mm. you know what I'm saying like it just seems like 
that's a bigger thing, but if this is what leads to it, I can't help but wonder if, if there's something we don't know. Right. Well, they haven't, there is a belief they may not have put everything into the, oh, yeah. what was already in the public domain, so we're going to have to wait and see. You weren't asked to give evidence to the grand jury, but you may be asked to testify if this right. ends up as a, as a trial. How do you feel about potentially testifying in a, a trial that will be watched around the world? Um, I mean, anytime you're up in the public eye, it's scary. I, mean, I used to get scared giving an oral book report in school. So, right. I mean, it's daunting, but I look forward to it. You know what I mean? Because I have nothing to hide. I'm the only one that has been telling the truth. And, you know, you can't shame me any more. So I feel like if they don't, it paints the picture that they know something about me that makes me, you know, untrustworthy or not reliable. Um, so you want to have I, I do, I do. I think having them call me in and put me on the stand mm. legitimizes my story and who I am. And if they don't, it almost feels like they're hiding me and people will automatically assume, I would, mm. that, oh, she must not be a good witness. She's not credible. Like so there's no not. doubt if they ask you to testify, you will testify. Oh, absolutely. You told the Times uh, newspaper in London last week, I've seen him naked. There's no way he could be scarier with his clothes on. Valid. <laughs> it's a funny line. <laughs> and true, I stand by it. <laughs> Do you want to see him jailed? I mean, not necessarily for this particular indictment, but just generally, would it give you any kind of closure with your time involving Donald Trump to see him um, jailed? Specific to my case, I don't think that his crimes against me are worthy of incarceration. I feel like the other things that he has done, if he is found guilty, absolutely. Because a bigger problem is that if these allegations against him or whatever else that we don't know yet, he is found guilty or the evidence suggests that he is or whatever, and he doesn't, that it's going to just... Basically, I mean, it opens the door for other people to, to think they can get away with doing that and, and worse. One of the problems with this, particularly actually the indictments involving you and Karen McDougall, who's the other woman who received a payoff, it's become very politically toxic because right. Republicans, and I understand this, they say, look, it's different rules for Donald Trump mm -hmm. to what it's been for Democrat politicians. And they cite John F. Kennedy, John Edwards, Bill Clinton, all had similar scandals, some far worse. None got indicted. That there seems to be a political bias there. That's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it, because if you want to look at the positive in this, is that we have made progress, mm. you know, in our justice system, in our country, and, and for women. You know what I mean? Like, if that, those other presidents had done today what had happened then, would mm. it be treated the same? Or is it specifically just people screaming, this is a vendetta against Trump? But let's for a moment here pretend that it was another president or Clinton mm. today and this happened. Mm. I mean, look how... I think that's right. Post, post Me Too. Exactly. I think there probably would have been actually a different attitude to a lot right. of these former Democrat politicians. That's what I hope mm. and believe. You know what I mean? Like people just trashed Miss Lewinsky and, and, you know, all mm. the way back through history. And I would like to believe that if those things happen now that it would be different. Of course, he's going to spin it, and the Republicans and the MAGA people are going to spin it and say, like, it's just because it's him. But is it really? You know what I mean? Like, I'm hoping that it's just us 
moving forward. And you could apply that to, you know, mm. the way that, you know, racial crimes are handled or, mm. you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I just think that it's hopefully a sign of progress. But actually everybody, whoever you are, however mm. powerful, you should be held accountable. Oh, absolutely. But in this case, it's a sex scandal. It's a woman speaking out against somebody mm. in power. And they want to say it's just because it's him. But I would like to believe it doesn't mm. matter that it's him. He just happens to be the one now. You were a registered Republican. Mm -hmm. Still am. Uh, you still are. Mm -hmm. So for the Republican... That's my favorite. You just made a whole bunch of people watching this pee their pants. Right. Because that just blows their whole thing out. I mean, I... a lot of them probably don't realize. I know. You can... It's an easy thing to look up. Have you voted Republican? I have not in the last election. Did you vote? I didn't, for, I didn't vote. Did you vote for Trump in 2016? No. <laughs> you didn't. You never no. voted for him. No, I did not. But you have voted for Republican before, mm -hmm. and you never voted Democrat. No, I actually didn't. I mean, that was so long ago that I didn't vote, which is a terrible thing to say. But mm. you know, we should all vote. Well, I do think people—they'll be surprised. I know. I know, and the whole reason that I registered and got a—I feel like I feel like the, that movie—they just keep dragging me back in. You know, like I have no political aspirations, mm. not interested, try not to be interested, and then it just keeps happening. You know, like that's how the whole being a registered Republican came about was because of the draft Stormy campaign in 2009, mm. which I didn't even know about. And the only reason I got involved is because I was mad at the guy for using my name and pictures without mm. my permission. And I think you had a brilliant, well, you said when you ran against right. him for the Senate, and you had a brilliant slogan, which was Screw screwing people honestly. <laughs> Also true. I mean, I love that because <laughs> that was extremely pertinent to what we're now talking about, obviously. Um, the Republicans who have a problem with you say that what you're doing is deliberately trying to derail Donald Trump's 2024 mm. presidential campaign. He doesn't need my help for that. <laughs> He's going to do that on his own. But has that even crossed your mind? I mean, do you think he should be allowed to run again? Um, it is a free country. And what I'm surprised at is that the laws allow him to. Mm. Um, as it stands now, I was equally surprised. I was like, oh, surely someone who's indicted and whatever would be exempt from being able to run. Shocker to me last week that, that there's no rule against it. Well, he could actually be convicted and go to prison. Right? And still be president of the United States. That's the most absurd thing to that me. That blows my mind, actually. Me too. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Um, and that has nothing to do with him. He could just be dude mm. A and dude B. You know what I mean? Like, that just seems like beyond my comprehension, but I guess they never thought they would have to make that role. Jenna Jameson, a fellow adult entertainment star, uh, said recently about you, the left looks at her as a whore mm -hmm. and just uses her to try to discredit the president. The right looks at her like a treacherous rat. It's a lose-lose. Mm -hmm. Should have kept her mouth shut, a trap shut. What do you, what do you say to that? Um, part of that statement, I think there are people that agree with that statement you know they like I told you earlier people took my story which is my personal thing and just me speaking out and protecting myself and standing up to bullies and you know defending myself against these personal attacks um, to try to fit it into their own narrative whether it was you know um, the Republicans saying that the Democrats sick, they sent me there or the Republicans trying to say I was their champion I mean the Democrats trying to say I was their champion or the Me Too movement or you know Everybody tried to use my story to fit their own We're all trying to use thing. you. Exactly. And um, so part of that is true. And I hate to agree with anything that Jenna says, <laughs> but part of that is true. Um, I am horrified and extremely disappointed that this woman who came from my industry 
from the same company that I was with for 17 years and says, just keep your trap shut, mm. she should be ashamed. She has a daughter. I, I just, that, you know. Do you think she means it in the sense of you can't win, so why even try? I don't know how, I'm not going to presume to know what, what she mm. meant by it, but none of it's good. <laughs> Donald Trump pled not guilty to all the charges. He's always denied mm -hmm. having sex with you. But he's never explained why, if that's the case, mm -hmm. you ended up being paid $130,000 by his lawyer. Right. There's a, an inconsistency at best about that position. <laughs> at best, yeah. I mean, he's full of inconsistencies. Like, I mean, I, uh, so, somebody should, I should ask him that question, you know what I mean? Like, but it seems pretty obvious, you know what I mean? Like, you have these people that want to say that I was a prostitute and paid that night, so then I had this whole other subsect, I don't even know if you know about this, of sex workers and escorts pissed at me for ruining business. For really? Like, yeah, for, you know, it's like a doctor, lawyer, like, client privilege right. thing. And I was like, if that had been the case, I wouldn't have said anything. And if I was just trying to get attention, I've had some way hotter people that are famous. I would have told <laughs> one of those stories. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't a kiss and tell. As a matter of fact, I took the money because I didn't want anybody to know. Um, but there is that thing. Like, if, if there was a c transaction that was arranged and that's what I went there for, then why was I paid over a decade later? And there's a couple things that as I've been mulling this over um, pretty obsessively in the last two weeks. Like, because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how many times you put a fact out and you try to tell people that they just, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. if you want to call me a name, fine, that's your opinion. If you think I'm fat or I'm whatever, and I'm not going to try to change your opinion about porn, whether you don't agree with it for ethical, mm -hmm. moral, I'm not here to do that. I'm also not here to, like, change your political opinions, mm -hmm. your stances on something. But when you show a piece of evidence that's irrefutable and it's still just... You know what I mean? Like, hey, I was met Trump and the golf course at the, you know, yeah. that event in Tahoe in 2006. I wasn't paid until a decade, over a mm -hmm. decade later. So how was that being paid for sex? I mean, yeah, I mean that's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. I'm going to come to the to the meeting. I actually have a personal involvement in one part of it, which you probably don't even know about. Oh really? So I'll, I'll just hold that over. Until we get there, but it's quite interesting. I have so many questions. Well, it was interesting to me when you I read it. I was like, <laughs> "Where were you when you heard he'd been indicted?" It was last Thursday. My it was my birthday actually, and I was having a nice day, and suddenly, boom! Right, right? everything so, like this bomb goes off. So where, here, where were you? This is this is great. So he had put out that he was going to be whatever, and I even was like. Mm. He wouldn't know the day. Like, he's just, he's up to something. Mm. He always has a plan. So I didn't buy that one. But my attorney had said, hey, they want to talk to you, which we did, you know. Um, I think it was, like, on a Thursday or Friday. This is the DA's office. Right. Mm. And he said, you know, my attorney called me. He goes, hey, if you need to get on a plane tomorrow and come and testify, can you do it? I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to scramble. I have, mm. you know, things I need to take care of and make sure my, you know, my child has child care, all, this, all the details that mm. have to be done. And then... I got a call not very long later, said, no, no, it's not going to happen. So it kind of was a little disappointing. And then it was all quiet. It's like, oh, my gosh, he actually is going to get away with this again. You know what I mean? And uh, so I kind of forgot about it. And 
I had my phones on me all day, you know, perusing, no, unusually quiet almost. And then I had put my phones down and I went outside and I was riding my horse and I could hear it going off. Ding, ding, ding. And your horse is called Redemption. Redemption is his name, well, right? You can make this up. I can't make this up. You're so a horse called Redemption. Right. I'm straddling a horse named Redemption <laughs> when he got indicted. So when I get off and my phones are just like melting, I was like, what? You know, my husband comes running out. He was like, what just happened? Now my phone's going off. And then, I, you know, one of the missed calls I had was for my attorney. So obviously that was the first one I, I made. And what, did like, you, what did you feel in that moment? I mean, what was your honest feeling? Because it's interesting, I saw that your, your lawyer uh, tweeted about it mm -hmm. and you had an interesting sort of double reaction, I would say, right. because you said thank you to a tweet from your attorney, of Clark course. Brewster, who said Trump's indictment was no cause for joy and the hard work and conscientiousness of the grand jurors must be respected now that truth and justice mm -hmm. prevail. Right. So that was, you were thanking, so yes, I, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. But then you tweeted later that day, Thanks for all the support to everyone and, and your love. I have so many messages coming in. I can't respond. Also, don't want to spill my champagne. <laughs> Big smiley face. Hashtag Team Stormy. Right. Merch autograph orders pouring in too. Do we Thank you for that. Um, so so there's, there's a lot to unpack Which here. I'll come to. But it seemed to me that you, and you alluded to this earlier, that you had kind of mixed emotions. Right. So Partly you were, well, you tell me how, how you, what were your emotions when you heard about it? So I, I, like I said, I, I got off. I'm scrolling. Oh my God, my horse is still standing here. Like, you know, what, what's going on? So I was like, oh my gosh, I have to finish taking care of, you know, my animal and go inside. And in the meantime, Clark had written that tweet, that message, which was, you know, very wonderful. You, you know, I was so caught off guard. He's like, so I just retweeted it. And in the moment, I believe you, you said, you know, there's no cause of joy. In that moment, I was, you know, just ecstatic. Plus, I've got all these messages coming in. Oh, my God, congrats. You know, just you're on that high for a minute. And then, um, and that's where, you know, I was like, no cause for joy. This is what I've been fighting for. Like, you know, like mm. it's, it's moving forward. Finally, there's light at the end of the tunnel. So I was very excited and, and happy. Because ultimately, and, I mean, just And I actually wasn't drinking champagne. I'm, I'm not allowed to drink champagne. I get, I get white girl wasted. It's not a good, <laughs> it, it's not a good look. But, but, but it would have been a Jack and Coke. <laughs> but, fine drink. but just to be clear, the reason you would feel so ecstatic is because it, it will possibly lead, if this goes to trial, to you being vindicated about right. telling the truth. Exactly. So, of After course, I was He's excited. repeatedly called you a liar. A lot of people believe you've lied. Right. And this would be the vindication for you. Right. And anybody, that's really what's driving Exactly. That and so anybody would feel excited in that moment. But then... Hours went by and I and I sat with it and started you know reading it and then I was like oh my gosh bigger picture here is that Clark was right there is no joy in the fact that we had somebody in office that had this much power to, to cause these you know division and and, and it, it he was right but in the moment I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You very quickly began getting threats, and you've had these before ever since this first right. became you know, to the public consciousness. But you got nasty threats. I mean, your husband Barrett told Vogue magazine there were threats going to kill you, going to kill your family, going to set fire to your house. I mean, horrific things. What impact did that have on you? So, I'm used to getting horrible messages every day. Um, even before this, just mm. being an, an adult star. Right. I mean, you're going to get 
Um, I will tell you that the first time around, back in 18, same thing, like instant, just flood it. And, and how are you getting this, on social media or? Everywhere, like everywhere, phone calls, text, emails. People social. are calling you. Yeah, so the first time around, it was mostly just liar, you know, mm. stuff. Gold, you, you know, gold digger, you sold the story, which you just mm. made the story up because he's president, which now we've proven that like, everybody knew about this from before. Anyway, that was the tone, you know what mm. I mean? And I would say out of, realistically probably one in a hundred messages was included some sort of a death threat you know what I mean and they would always be from like an account that somebody created just to do that no mm -hmm. followers hidden you know that kind of thing now it's different it's the tone is different I would say it's one in ten now and, one in ten are death threats yeah and they are way more specific and graphic and just instead of just some babbling person like you're gonna burn in hell I, I, that kind of thing they seem to be more serious I guess in a way like what what kind and, of thing and they're not hiding it used to be if you were they were gonna do something they would do it from a mm. blocked number or from a fake Twitter account these people are using their actual phone numbers and their actual emails and their actual Twitter accounts which then makes it worse because they actually have followers right and the first time around he was already in office you know what I mean mm. like I there's nothing I could really do to, mm. to hurt him he was president of the United States right what am I gonna do he, he'd already mm. made gotten the nomination all that stuff so this time around they think that it could actually hurt him. This time around, he got indicted. He could not become president. You know, a lot of people were... You could stop him getting back to the White Right. House. And worse, partially be responsible for him, you know... Going to jail. Going to jail. So they're a lot more passionate, <laughs> I guess that's a good word, enthusiastic uh, with their threats. And they're not hiding. And they... That's, ter that's terrifying. Ge they genuinely feel that they are doing something right, that they are the patriots. I, you know, I told my husband the best way to describe it is, before it was just like these rat, like loud mouth, mm. armchair, anti-porn, like judgmental, mm. hypocritical people, you know, faceless. Mm. Now they are doing it like, like a suicide bomber. They truly in their depths, but more importantly, in the depths of their soul, they feel like they are doing the right thing. Mm. Does that make sense? Barrett said, Stormy's tough, she's pretty good at laughing things off, but it does get to her, of course. And it's clear mm -hmm. from the way you're talking about this right. that the scale of what's come your way in the last 10 days or so, it's right. just been horrific. And then I guess they said that like the, um, it's not even until next December. I'm like, oh my gosh, there goes my summer. Right. I won't be able to go anywhere. But it must have a massive impact on your life and the way you conduct yourself, where you go. Of, of course. You know, I spent the first, you know, the first go around, I didn't even pee by myself for almost two years. You know, and I, I'm pretty independent. I'm pretty tough. I'm used. To, I'm a you know writer and director, and I showed horses and and did my own thing. You know, I don't. And then suddenly, I didn't get to use the bathroom without two big armed bodyguards watching me pee for two years. That's that's a lot to have to go from somebody who's so independent to basically having an armed babysitter at all times. And then you just you learn all these things like. Make sure when you go every single place you go into, you know where the exits are. Um, placements in restaurants, where I sit in the car, like just 
Like I never, my bodyguards taught me, and I don't even know the reason for this, honestly, never sit behind the driver. You always sit, mm. like all these little things that. What, it, what effect does that have on you and your personality? Um, well, I feel very constricted, uh, you know what I mean? Like repressed almost, I can't do the things I wanna do or. Um, do you feel permanently agitated, nervous? Of, of course, and you know, you're, it makes you become paranoid. And anything you do or say can be spun. I have a great story about that. Um, and one of my things I hate about the press, I did a store signing, a book signing, at the Sex Museum in New York for my book. And there was a, I don't know the reporter's name. He was there. He was there for hours. He met my team. He knew when I'm signing. I have a line of guys. My assistant, Dwayne, is next to me. He's handing me a book, signing. At one point, and we're almost done, and I sign, and he makes a joke. He said something funny to me, and I kicked out like that. And that the the press guy got a photo of it, and that Stormy Daniels kicks man at store signing. We were wearing matching jackets. He was my assistant. Like I, he wasn't some random thing. So then, like you live in this constant state of paranoia. Like what can be twist changed? What can be photographed? Tell me something. With, with, do you, do you, clickbait. You I'm going to come to when you first met Donald Trump. But do you wish you'd never met him? Of course. But, I mean, people say, if you could go back in time, would you do it over? I say, how far back does this time machine go? If I went back to 2016, 18 or whatever, would I change what I did? <sighs> Sometimes in the heat of the moment, I'm like, I wish I had never. Yes, but no, I would do it the same. I mean, I would take you back was, to 2006. It was the right thing to do. If I could go all the way back to 2006, yeah. no. If we could play sliding doors yeah, and, nope. and you meet him, get on the golf cart, end up in his room... Or you don't meet him. Oh, I absolutely would not have. Absolutely. You know, I was, I was told, I was invited to dinner. Well, let me go through it. So 2006, you're 27. Mm-hmm. He was 60. You were the biggest porn star in the world. You just appeared in Judd Apatow's 40-year-old virgin. Mm-hmm. He said you were a smart businesswoman. He said you should never be underestimated. I mean, he was full of compliments, right. Judd Apatow, for you. We got Hollywood courting you for movies. Right. He was the biggest TV star businessman in the world, mm-hmm. and you meet. Right. Were you a fan before you met him? No. Um, to be honest, I didn't have like a hard opinion one way or another. I didn't watch his shows. You know, obviously, definitely knew who he was. He knew his face. Just gonna. Did you like the sound of him or not? Or was he? Because obviously, he's very brash. He's very arrogant. He's yeah. I mean, I wasn't a fan, and I wasn't not a fan. Right. You know what I mean? You're open-minded. Yeah, and I was aware, of course, you know. I, I wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't. Yeah, no, and I also was like, I hate that guy. It was just like, oh, this is, he's figured out how to do some stuff. He must be good at what he does. In he's an interesting guy, regardless oh, sure, yeah. of whatever you think. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You meet at this golf tournament in Lake Tahoe in, mm-hmm. in California. You've been hired to host a, a gifting suite stand. Oh, no, it gets better than that. Tell me you don't appreciate the irony and hilarity of an adult film company sponsoring a hole <laughs> on a golf course. <laughs> I mean... I do whole, appreciate that. <laughs> my whole life is a freaking SNL thing. Like, you cannot write this stuff, right? So you were there to, to be one of the hostesses for this mm-hmm. gifting suite stand, but also to greet competitors between right. the tees. And you ended up in a golf cart with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about, you two? Honestly, on that initial thing, I didn't get a word in. It was me and the owner of the company and two other girls, and you know, it was a brief introduction. 
I do remember his hesitation when he was like, this is, you know, my contract girl this, this is my contract girl this, this is my contract girl, and director Stormy. And he was like, oh, you also direct? I was like, yeah. He goes, you know, I was like, oh, that's cool. I always like when they add director. Um, and so we, we go on, and another girl there was definitely flirting with him, and on, I wasn't interested. Um, I didn't even speak directly to him other than a nice to meet you, mm. uh, good luck in your round today, or, you know, pleasantries. Um, it was at the gifting suite later. And that's when he asked for your number? Right. Was he pretty direct? Um, no, he had his bodyguard do it. Keisha? Yes. Mm. Who I know well. Keith's been with him, I think, I don't know, 30, 40 years maybe. That poor man. On and off. <laughs> <laughs> I think, he, I think he, likes, he likes Donald very much. But Keith was there. Yes. And you get invited up to Donald Trump's suite, which is at the top of the, of the Hurrah Resort and Casino right. Hotel. But I wasn't invited to his room. I was invited to have dinner to talk about a business thing. And this is, oh, this is one of those other things that I didn't really light bulb moment mm. until this past week. Why would you go to a hotel room of a married man? Blah, 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 blah. Oh my gosh. I get it. And, and justifiably so people, when you say mm. go to someone's hotel room, what do you think? You think you open the door mm. and there's a bed and a dresser and, and it's the size This is of, a huge penthouse suite. Yeah, it mm. was, it had a formal dining room. We walked mm. in and there was a foyer and a living room and a, and a mm. dining room table. And, and it's like an apartment. Right. Yeah. I didn't even see the bedroom at all for three hours. Not until I went to use the restroom. So it's not like I went to a guy's hotel room and we sat on the bed. That but, would but definitely you, be more did, suspicious. But you were not a, a naive woman. Did you not assume that he might have ulterior I motives? I did at the very beginning. So I was invited to dinner. Mm. Um, he said, come up to the room and we'll go down to one of the restaurants, whatever. And I was a little bit early. And when I opened, you know, when I got there, he was in his pajamas. And that's when I was like, oh, hell no. And I made fun of him. And he immediately changed and was a perfect gentleman. So... You actually said he looked like Hugh Hefner. Yeah, I made fun of him. How did he take that? I asked him if Hugh Hefner knew he stole his pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing Donald Trump, I suspect he didn't find that very funny. Uh, I said, he goes, I was like... I, 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 I was early, and mm. he said he was running late. And then he was like, excuse me, I'll go put some clothes on. And, and that's what he did. And he came back and was... There was no more red flags after that. You have dinner in the suite. Right. Because there is a dining room, so it doesn't Full, seem... No, we actually... He still owes me dinner. Really? I never got my dinner or what I was there for the meeting about. I got nothing except this... What did you think you were there for? To have a meeting about a television show. About Celebrity Apprentice? Yes. So you had no dinner? No. No alcohol? He doesn't drink. Do no, you, he doesn't drink. Do you drink, drink or not? I didn't at the time, no. So no alcohol, no, no dinner? No. You discuss the adult entertainment business. Mm -hmm. He's quite intrigued by the business. Oh, yeah. And I think, in particular, how many royalties he made yeah, he, he off actually, the films. Um, we had a... We had a... I, it pains me to say this. We had a, a pretty good conversation. Mm. It was... You know, at first, he was arrogant. We all... I mean, we beat the story to death. He was very arrogant. He was pompous. He was puffed up. I was unamused and starving. And finally, that's when I snapped and was like... Somebody just spanked you with that magazine. So Because he kept, he kept showing you a magazine. Kept, like, it was a money magazine with him on the cover. Right, he just kept talking about how these great things he was doing and, and all the stuff. And you was, eventually said, I'm going to spank you I was with like, that somebody magazine. should just spank you with that magazine. Do you ever talk about anything but yourself? And he was, ugh. And he walked it back. And then there was another at least two and a half to three hours where we talked. And it was a... Did you like him? I did. I was not attracted to him. At There's all? A, no. No. Ew. No. 
couple of girls banging some hot celebrities. Well, you did upset you. Really? Which ones were you? I'm not telling you that. Well, you can't just say I was banging uh, some hot celebrities. And not. Of course I can. You can't can. take just... me to the water's edge and not give me a drink stop me, can't Oh, I? I just did. <laughs> <laughs> it's the art of the tease, my friend. <laughs> the art of the tease. Um, There's but... a book title. Don't you steal that. Um, but, I mean, we talked about, he told me, you know, about his golf course. He was having some problems, some environmentalist. And, and we talked about something, uh, some condos or something he was building. It's been a long time. I don't remember. He asked me about the adult business and, you know, do we have health care, royalties, like business questions. Huh. And at no point did I feel like he was checking out or, you know, it was a good conversation. He was like, well, what do you want to do? And then I told him and he was like, now the more I think about it, the more I think about it, my idea is great. And so we talked more about. So who had the first mention of The Apprentice. You oh, he did. Him. Oh, he did. Absolutely. It was his idea. That would have never crossed my mind. Because he'd done The Normal Apprentice for many years, very right. successfully, and he was about to launch Celebrity Apprentice. Right. Actually based on a UK uh, one-off episode for charity, which okay. I took part in. Oh, look at you. Um, and actually the series that he was offering you mm -hmm. in these conversations, I ended up taking part in that series and I won it. That you was took the, my part? That was a little bombshell I had for you. This is your fault. You took my part. <laughs> well, you're assuming you would have won. You would have beaten me. He told me I was going to. You think you would have beaten me? I don't know. Maybe we should try. <laughs> I think you'd have been a pretty good but, competitor. But isn't it like a voting thing? Like uh, audience, no, audience voting? No, it's down to him. Oh. He fires someone at the end oh, of the Oh, then I definitely would have beat you. I got a feeling that you, you might have. <laughs> but it wouldn't have been fair. No, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been fair. He'd have had another reason to, to vote for you. Um, you mocked his hair at one stage, and he said if he cut it, mm -hmm. he'd lose his power like he was some sort of Samson. Right, this is great. He asked me something. He goes, uh, he goes, I want to ask you a question, and, and, it, and it's, it, might be, it might be rude. You know, blah, blah, blah. And so I was gearing up for some sort of like sex question mm. or, you know what I mean? Like, and it wasn't. It was, it was a question about, I think it was how much we get paid for a scene. Right. Um, and I was like, oh. Oh, that's not offensive. And I answered his questions and explained the different, mm. you know, pay brackets and men versus women and sex acts and whatever. And he was like, oh. I was like, I want to ask you a question that is offensive. <laughs> and he goes, okay. I go, what's up with the hair? Like, you have to know. And then he, you know, he told me that, because um, around the same time he was doing something on one of the wrestling things and the bet with Vince McMahon was if he lost, he cut his hair. I was like, what would you have done? He goes, oh, no, no. It was never going to happen. He goes, it's kind of my trademark. He goes, that's a big thing. He's like, I always have these people want to give me a makeover. And, and I was like, oh, so this is, this is a, a choice. He's like, yeah, I guess it's just, it's my, it's my, it's my trademark. And, and I was like, oh, like Samson. And anyway, that's how that conversation. So you're, you're having a good business conversation. Absolutely. You're getting on well. You like him. You don't have any sexual desire Ew, towards no. him. But then it all changes because you go to the restaurant. And he also, in his defense, okay, did I... Did that just come out of my mouth in Donald Trump's defense? I said that, didn't I? You did say that. Okay. Um, he also wasn't leering or flirting. There was no mm. footsie under the table. I mean, when I was talking to him, he wasn't staring at my, right. you know what I mean? Like, it, it, didn't, it didn't feel creepy at all. But then it all changes. And the, uh, the You went to the restroom. When you come out uh, a little bit later, he's now on the bed. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's an interesting thing about it. You've always said it was all completely consensual. But you told Vogue magazine in the last few days, you gave an interesting version of the event. Right. And I wanted to read it to you mm -hmm. and just get you to clarify. Absolutely. People have made a lot of assumptions right. based on what you said. 
He said, I'm standing there in the doorway, and all of a sudden he's there in his underwear doing the world's worst Burt Reynolds impression. And that's the thing I don't understand. I don't understand how I got from the doorway mm -hmm. to being underneath him in the bed. I remember thinking his bodyguard is right outside that mm -hmm. door. What happens if I hit him? Is that bodyguard going to come in here and hurt me? I remember him saying, do you want to go back to a trailer park? Yeah, and I never mentioned a trailer park. I didn't grow up in a trailer park. Close. Right. <laughs> but not. And even if you read my book... Well, let, me, let me just finish the, the, what you said mm -hmm. here. I never said I lived in a trailer park. I didn't. I said we were poor. But I don't remember mm -hmm. taking off my shoes, and that's what gets me. Mm -hmm. Because these were gold shoes with buckles. Kind of a pain in the ass to put on and take <laughs> off, you know. And I know I took them off because I had to put them back on again. And I remember that, putting them on. And it being a thing because I wanted to leave mm -hmm. afterwards. I know I didn't say no, she adds, but I also know I didn't say yes. Right. I wasn't threatened. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. A lot Even of if you read my book, it, every detail. I could tell you what he had in his toiletry bag in the bathroom because I dug through it. <laughs> um, like, I could tell you the... Pro he, but, but reading what you told Vogue... And there's just this missing space. Right. So people have tried to sort of draw... And then I would like to read it. I was not drugged. People are like, oh, it must have been a real... Absolutely not. No alcohol, not. no drugs. Uh, no. He's ever no, touched no, no, either. No, 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 no. Absolutely no. not. But do you believe it was all consensual then or not? Um... It wasn't non-consensual. And that brings us kind of back to where we are, you know, in the world now. Like, mm. does it have to be a clear yes? Like, are men getting punished for things that do every time you make love to somebody or, or go on a date, do you have to have written consent? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, people are like, oh, you need to take responsibility for going to this married guy's hotel room. Well, I've explained the hotel room part. Mm. Um, and it wasn't to go to his room. We were supposed to go to dinner, and then we didn't. Um, but I do take responsibility. Um, I froze. I, I didn't lead him on. I didn't flirt. It wasn't a transaction, which would be totally saying, fine. But you're not saying he forced himself. No, he, did, he didn't physically come at me. I mean, I could have taken him. We both know that. I suspect that's true. <laughs> um, uh. But I, I did freeze. But then you're in this whole gray area of like... <sighs> What constitutes consent and non-consent? And I, that is honestly, to be completely truthful with you, I am still wrestling with buying floors. Me and my husband had a long conversation the other night about different scenarios and how the, a blanket thing doesn't apply. You know mm. what I mean? It's just, and I was so terrified back then of um, not being take it serious or and then people are like well why did you go back and see him multiple times mm -hmm. because I didn't want it to have been for nothing I just made sure I was never alone with him again um so when it when it was over the sex part uh -huh. you left quite soon after that oh yeah within five minutes really four and a half of which probably me trying to do those damn little gold buckles and when you left what were you feeling uh nauseous like just mad at myself I was in I was just like, what What did I misread? You know what I mean? And as a woman, especially from the South and back then, like, there's this whole thing like, well, what is the word I'm looking for? That somehow it's our fault. You know, oh, you were asking for it. Was your skirt too, you know, that mentality. So I just literally like sat up and was replaying every, like what could I have done or said that was misconstrued? And then when I realized absolutely nothing, I was kind of a bitch, honestly. <laughs> Um, what did I miss from him? Nothing. Like, I just, mm. you know what I mean? And, and, 
my phone was blowing up. Obviously, the people who knew that I'd gone to dinner wanted to know, mm. like, where are you? Like, what happened? Like, blah, blah, blah. How many and people knew what had happened? That night? No, just generally in the next sort of few weeks, months, years. A hundred? Oh, a lot of people. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. Like, everybody knew where I was going that night. Mm. I was with, before I even went to his room, one, two, three, four, like seven people knew where I was going. Mm. Um, afterwards, Everybody knew. He called weekly. I'd put him on speakerphone in front of my entire crew, and it was not. It was not a secret. And you met him a number of times afterwards. Mm -hmm. You went to his office in New York, mm -hmm. and then I think the following month you went to a party here in LA. Mm -hmm. You went to a Miss pa uh, USA pageant, mm -hmm. and each time you met him. I did not meet him in person at the pageant. He right. just set up the car service and the tickets and everything. But when he you did. saw him, was it perfectly normal between you? <sighs> I, you know didn't want to, I was, it made my skin crawl and I was just very careful not to be put in that situation again and he definitely, you know, thought that, he definitely wanted to revisit. Right. Um, which, I mean, I can't even be mad at him for. I mean, wouldn't you? Oh, we've done this before. You know, I'm not even upset about that. You asked him on that first night about his wife, Milani. They'd only been married quite recently. She'd just given birth to mm -hmm. their son. What did you feel about that? You've been criticized for that part of it. You've already said that. Yeah, also, why I didn't think anything was going to happen. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, why would I assume that this person was going to be half-dressed and outside a bathroom door when we had talked about his daughter, which people try to sexualize, and it absolutely wasn't. Ivanka. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he had shown me pictures of, of his wife and, and son. He did? Mm-hmm. And what did you feel about that? Oh, we're just talking about how cute he was. Not any different than if I, I don't know if you have a toy, if we show mm. pictures right now of each other's kids. Like, oh, look at his little outfit, you know? You said that it was only when you had your own child later that you began to feel a bit differently about the whole thing mm -hmm. because you realized the reality, perhaps. Right. But it, uh, sharing of photos, it was, it was mm. what people do when they meet. Like, I mean, Someone tweeted you last week and said, why did you sleep with him even though you knew he had a wife? And you replied... Why did he invite me to his room, take off his clothes and corner me when I came out of the bathroom, even though he knew he had a wife? Exactly. I mean, that sums it up. Like, why, why is anyone responsible for somebody else's behavior in their marriage? I didn't take a vow and mm. to, you know, to anybody. It's, there's this whole thing, like, where you blame the other woman. But in the other scenario, you rarely blame the other guy. It, you know what I mean? It's just... Somebody tweeted you as well last week. President oh, God, is Trump... this the voodoo one? <laughs> huh? I was like, I bet I know what you're going to ask. Well, they, they said President Trump wouldn't touch you with a 10-foot pole. Mm. And you replied, true, he used a three-inch one. One of my finest moments. Yes. <laughs> and you're sharp and sassy on Twitter. And you're probably exact, exactly like him, actually. <gasps> in the sense that... Oh, I'm going to Kanye you right now? <laughs> Here's what I meant. On Twitter, you take no prisoners. Mm -hmm. I spell way better than he does. <laughs> he still can't spell my name right. Do you think he was using the possibility of you appearing on Celebrity Apprentice, which would have been great for you, mm -hmm. do you think he was using that as uh, a way to have sex with you? Or do you think he was genuinely trying to get on the show? Because I would imagine knowing him and that show, I believe if he could have persuaded you to be on the show and he could have cleared it with NBC, he'd have done it. I absolutely agree with you. 100%. And a lot of people hate when I say that. 
Yeah. Like, I, I, bet, I bet he meant people it. Who, people who hate him or, or whatever, and I'm like, I'm not a fan of him either. But the truth is, I believe with all my heart that he was absolutely serious. Hmm. Um, and the reason that I believe that is because I was sitting across from him watching his wheels turn. And I was he was putting the pieces together. I was, I was watching a moment of genius hmm. at work. And yeah, he was great at casting. And he, he knew what would make great right. TV. I suspect what happened is NBC that's exactly wasn't what prepared to take the risk. That's exactly what happened. So he got this idea, um, and I think it was sort of, in my opinion, because I can't remember the exact word for word, was that he felt sympathy because of the way that Ivanka had been and treated. Because mm -hmm. you know, she's obviously blonde and beautiful, and, and that's mm -hmm. when he said, you remind me of your daughter. Like, mm -hmm. it wasn't this creepy pedophile thing that people tried to spin it. Mm -hmm. The people probably didn't take her serious, and he was like, wait, I got an idea. Oh, this would be great. And I was like, that's mm -hmm. never going to happen. And he was like, no, 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 it's going to be great. He knew that it was going to be sensational. He mm -hmm. wanted the press. He yeah. loves that. He was definitely, he wasn't doing You'd it. You'd have been a brilliant contestant. And he wasn't doing it as a favor for mm -hmm. me. He was absolutely. I'm actually very glad you didn't go in that series. <laughs> oh, yeah? Because yeah. I'm not sure. I would have won. Right? Do I intimidate you? You're just um, a tough cookie, and I reckon you'd be pretty smart at Apprentice, yeah. But, but he did. He had, he had a, a motive for wanting on. He wanted mm. the press. He wanted to be known as the Chris. He was absolutely valid. But then I was like, it's never going to happen. NBC is not going to go for it. And you meet him at the Beverly Hills Hotel in July 2007 when they're nearing the end of the casting thing and you know you've already met him a few times since and it was you the stayed same, in touch by phone yeah and it was the same drone over and over i think a, to answer your question in mm. a nutshell he was absolutely serious he was absolutely genuine he meant it with all of his heart i was also correct that they would never let that happen mm. i think he knew sooner than he let on it and was did he tell you, and he dragged it right and did he tell you at the beverly hills hotel that no. you, you weren't going to be in it no it was later yes on a phone call you didn't have sex with him when you met him at the beverly no. hills hotel why not because I didn't want to. But did he want to? Of course he did. I, pretend, I told him I was on my period and I had my, my, my then boyfriend outside. How did he react to that? You know what? He was super busy. His phone kept ringing and, mm. and you know, then he just wanted to know how long I was in town and when we could meet up again. I just kept... But that was the last time you spoke to him? No, that's the last time I saw him. Did you speak to him again? Many times. But for how long after that? I'm going to say roughly three months. For three months? Yeah. And then it stopped? I stopped answering the phone. Did you? Why? Because, one, I knew that it wasn't going to happen. He, mm. he told me. The apprentice. Right. That it was someone, I can't remember the name. It got all the way up. This is his, what he told mm. me. I have, this is hearsay. <laughs> um, that it went all the way up and it was someone's wife that had an issue. And, they, and he kind of had to back down as a favor. And the woman had an unusual name, so if you said it, I would know it. But I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, and then I just sort of didn't. And then I had, you know, gotten more serious with the guy I was with at the time, and, and he had proposed, and it was just, you know, done. And you never spoke to her no. from again? No. The irony is, on The Celebrity Apprentice, that series, was Tito Ortiz, who was and, a and UFC fighter. You know what? I just lied to you accidentally. I stopped answering his calls. I didn't hear from him for a long time. I think he got the message. And he did call one other time, and I answered it, and he said, I know you're probably going to be mad at me because Jenna Jameson was just on The Celebrity Who Apprentice. Who was the mother of Tito's children. Right. He goes, it, it wasn't. I met her. Yeah, he goes. I, I uh, met her when she came on the show. I, yeah, he did call one other time. And, to apologize and, for that. 
yeah, because he thought I was going to be mad at him, and he wanted me to know that it wasn't his plan and that he hadn't picked her over me, and it wasn't. How did you feel about that? Were you annoyed? Oh, no, I, I actually believed him in that but moment. But she wasn't contesting. It was her, it right, was but, her partner. Right, but he just, he seemed very concerned of what I would think about that. For three months after that, that's it. You have no more contact. In May 2011, so this is, what, six years later, mm-hmm. you finally agree to tell your story to In Touch magazine right. for $15,000, it was reported. Is, mm-hmm. that, is that correct? Yes. Why did you want to do it then? Okay, so I didn't. <laughs> um, I had just had a baby. I don't, do you have children? I do. Okay, so your, your wife would know. Nobody wants to be photographed or, fight or do anything mm-hmm. when that has just happened. Mm-hmm. And you can't even stand up straight. And you look, you know, like you just had a baby. <laughs> and like I said, the story was, everybody knew, hadn't talked about it in years. I am now married to someone who's a, a little, like, emotional mm-hmm. sensitive. We just had a baby, whatever. And I got the call that someone had basically sold the story and LinkedIn. They were sniffing around. Um, I have no evidence of who that is. I have a, I'm 90% sure I know who it was. Mm-hmm. I just can't prove it, so I have to be very careful what I say. Um, and I was like, nope, 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 absolutely not, not interested. And then, you know, finally he comes back, and they're like, well, he's going to, you know, this person's going to tell the story and get paid unless you want to do it instead. It's going to come out anyway. Would you rather it be your version and you mm. get the money or this other person's version and you get nothing and they've made money off of you? So, you, so you decided to do it? So I decided to do it. And they you asked took, if I would take a lie detector test. I was going to say, you took a polygraph test. And I said, and absolutely, passed. and I passed. And actually, uh, it was corroborated, the story, by one of your good friends and supported by your ex-husband, both of whom also passed right. polygraph tests. Mm-hmm. So you got three people who were aware of the, right. the account you gave, all of whom passed polygraph tests. Right. It's pretty compelling uh, evidence. But the story never ran. And okay. two former employees of InTouch magazine later said it didn't run because after they called Donald Trump seeking comment, his attorney Michael Cohen threatened to sue them. Are you sure it was Michael Cohen? I didn't know that was his attorney back then. I just knew it was his attorney. I I can't validate if it was actually Cohen. But it was a a lawyer. A lawyer. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was Cohen. Mm. And um, I was like, you know, thank God, because I didn't want it to come out anyway, because, I mean, Look at, look, you know, no. Right. Um, so it went away. I thought it went away. And then. So you were almost relieved, even though. Oh, absolutely. Even though you'd taken that decision to talk about it. Right. Part of you was still like, I don't well, know. Well, the only reason I took the decision to talk about it was I was taking back control because it was going to be talked about anyway. Mm. Just like I'm sitting here talking to you instead of having you talk to right. a friend of a friend. You no, know I what understand I mean? that. But you never got paid then. Cause no, because it, it never came out. And a few weeks later, you were. In a car park in Vegas. Right. And a man comes up to you and he threatens you very right. directly. Says, leave Trump alone. Forget the story. That's a beautiful little right. girl pointing to your daughter. Be ashamed if something happened to her mum. Yes. I mean, horrendous thing to happen. Yeah. And you know what's funny is I didn't, the gravity of it didn't even hit me until I was already in the elevator. I mean, it's Vegas. It's hot. I'm running late mm. for a mommy and me class. And I remember how tiny she was because she was still facing backwards. And the guy was super good looking, actually. Like, I didn't have any hesitation about him walking up to my car. It was a, a nice area. Women coming and going. And uh, I just thought it was somebody's boyfriend or husband. And I even looked. I was like, oh, he's cute. And I remember it so clearly because he was wearing my favorite jeans. So, like, just the weirdest things stuck out in my head. Mm. So then, you know, you get out. You 
gather all your things and trying to get the car seat unclipped and and that's when he walked up, and he just was so nice looking and, and honestly handsome that it didn't even... A chilling uh, thing to say. Right, and I was just like, oh, did that just happen? Is that why you didn't report to the police that you were worried about any repercussions? Absolutely, yeah, and because at that point it had gone away and that's what I really wanted anyway. So nothing appears? No. And then in June 2015, Donald Trump announces he's running for president. What okay. was your reaction to that? Eye roll. I roll also a slight trepidation. Nope, that not at all. You didn't worry about what had happened. No, to because he had straight up told me he never wanted to be president. Like he straight up told me that. Really? Yes. And he's like, why? Would I? He's like, some you know, some people want me to become president. And I was like, he's like, why would I ever do that? This is way more, like all the reasons that I don't want to be president. Like, why would I? It sounds like a terrible freaking job. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he was like, this is way I I don't need the money. I have this. I have you. Know, all valid points. So you just rolled your eyes. You just thought. Yeah, I was just like. Did oh. you ever think he could win? I th I didn't even think he was actually going to run. I thought right. it was another one of his put Stormy on The Apprentice or go on WWE. A and say, thing. Yeah, of course. Why not? On he October, loves that. But he then wins the nomination, and mm -hmm. it looks like he's heading to to potentially win against <clears throat> Hillary Clinton. Then on October the seventh, two thousand and sixteen, mm -hmm. just before the election, this tape from Access Hollywood behind the scenes tape mm -hmm. dropped. And it was infamous. It included him saying, you can just do what you like when you're right. famous. A woman, you can grab them by the pussy. Mm. You said recently, this pussy grabbed back, talking yeah. about yourself. But when you, when you heard that tape, what did you think? Did you think, as some people did, that he was genuinely meaning every word of that, that he was a sexual predator who would do that to women? Or do you think, as he put it, this was locker room banter and that he meant really if you're famous women gravitate around you yes all of the above it could have been either and probably a little bit of all of the above yeah it, i mean obviously he's gotten away with it so what he was saying is partially truthful do you think he got away with that with you yeah but not anymore you then go after this story breaks, you and your attorney, Keith Davidson, go to the National Enquirer. Did you go to them or did they come to you? I don't know. I wasn't part of it. I never spoke to them. Um, but they say you're willing to go on the record about having the affair. Right. And this is three weeks before the election. Right. Keep, keep in mind, I have all these people in my life hitting me up, remembering, because they had heard him. After the Access Hollywood tape dropped. Right. Hitting me up that, you know, knew from back then. A lot of people that I work with are the same people that I'd worked with before, and they remember. And, and so now they're like, you got to do something. Well, you got to come forward. We're going to, you know, even people that at my own company were pushing me to come forward and make some sort of crusade out of it. And, you know, here's your chance. I was like, this is not, I don't want any part of this. You know what I mean? Um, but the same thing, it wasn't a secret. So it right. wasn't like, oh, suddenly I've got this opportunity to, you know, I didn't even think anybody would be interested, and I'm a porn star. You know what I mean? So I, I have, I was not part of who called who, whatever. But I do know that everyone was calling me. I do know that friends were were, you know, telling me they were going to talk about what you know, what they knew. So you thought again, I can get in and tell my story the way I want to tell it, with right. inquiry. Gotta be honest with you, I don't remember if the word inquire was straight mentioned to me. I could be wrong. It was just a lot has happened. Because and the that's story is that the Enquirer's CEO and editor then contacted but, Michael Cohen, who then offered you $130,000 for right. the story rights. 
and for you to sign an NDA, a legally right. enforceable document written to ensure the story won't actually ever be made public. Right. So a kind of catch and kill, they call it, right. with the Inquiries Corporation because they had good relationship with mm -hmm. Donald Trump and thought he might become president. Right. So you agree to this mm -hmm. and you sign the NDA mm -hmm. and you accept this deal. Mm -hmm. The document didn't include Trump's signature. It had a space for it, but he hadn't signed right. it. It was a separate letter. So why did you do the deal? Uh, so two parts of that. I wanted it to, to go away. I was told it was to not release the story. That it was catch and kill. I didn't even know that part. I was told it wasn't going to come out, mm. um, which is exactly what I wanted. I didn't want this coming out. I had, it was a great life. I was living in Texas. Everything was great. It was the fucking last thing I wanted. Um, and then I had what you don't know, or, and I have talked about it. It's in my book, but people just, mm. um, is that there before that, um, I have a friend that's an attorney, not my attorney, mm. um, that I'm just friends with, in, te in Texas, that was talking about how, oh, you know, he knew the story from way back when, oh, you should say something, blah, blah, blah. I was like, he doesn't even want to be president. I was like, I'm sure he's not even, he, it's mm. some sort of, he's either in cahoots with Hillary, remember he backed her before, Man. which makes sense, or there's something going on here. I'm not worried about it. And he was like, all right, all right. And then he got the nomination. And then he, his whole tone with me changed. And he was like, I'm concerned. I was like, why? He goes, well, now, as big of a doofus as he is, now he's still actually the Republican Party's problem. And they're going to have to clean up his mess and get rid of skeletons. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if you died in a single car accident or you OD'd. I was like, what? He goes, you're their problem now. Like, think about it. Think about what happened to Maryland, like all these people. Mm -hmm. I was like, Pfft. But then I was like, I went down a rabbit hole in Google. But you thought what happened to Marilyn Monroe might happen uh, And to you. he named a bunch of other things. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then they approached me with the NDA. And I was like, what do you think I should do? And he goes, well, I think you should come forward and stop him. He goes, but as your friend, at least if you sign this and there's payment, there's a paper trial and they can't hurt you. Mm. And I was like. That made sense. Made absolute sense. And he was like, he goes, why you though? He's like, you can't be the only woman. I was like, yeah, maybe because I'm the most famous. And I was like, no, actually, I don't think it's about the sex at all. I honestly think coming forward back then, people would have been like, banging another hot, like it wouldn't mm. have hurt him. Mm. You know what I mean? It, it wouldn't have done any damage mm. to him and just me. I think it was, they were afraid of the other knowledge. I don't think it had anything to do with any of the sex acts that the, mm. the, the media or public are so fixated on because of, you know, sex is salacious and it's exciting. But I think it has to do more with the Celebrity Apprentice thing that he was literally gonna rig you know, a television show, mm. or that I heard him on the phone with Hillary, or that I heard him, like, there's all these other things that I thought mm. they were more concerned about. Because you know they went to him and was like, okay, you f*** her, all right. Does she know anything else? And I think that's why I was the one that was approached. I have no proof, that is my opinion. And that Interesting. Is so he becomes president, what, what are you feeling then? This guy that you had sex with is now the president of the United States. I don't even know. Like, well, America just became a reality show. See how this goes. You know, what does he know anything about being pre like? Did like, you try and contact him or not? No, of course not. Throughout any of his process? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. In January 2018, so this is a year after his inauguration, the Wall Street Journal reports on the deal. Mm -hmm. And Michael Cohen states publicly he paid you using his own money. He wasn't directed to by Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. 
And you respond by suing Trump and Cohen, seeking to have the NDA mm -hmm. invalidated. Right. Uh, but because he didn't sign it, and because he said he wouldn't enforce it, the case was dismissed. Mm -hmm. And then things start to spiral. You and, wish and to clarify, because this is where people mess up all the time, the case dismissed in my favor, which means I was released from the NDA. Right. So you I were, you were then able to it. tell your story if you wanted to. Right. Yeah. It was no longer valid. I was released because from it. he hadn't signed it. Anyway. He hadn't signed it, and also they had broken it. They had broken the the stipulations in the NDA not once, not twice, but three times before I ever did. So you then issue a letter, and this has been a very contentious. Part oh, of here all we this. go. Yes, this is one of those things I'm telling you that people don't. Right. So this fact. is in, in the same month that the story gets reported right. by the Wall Street Journal. You say to whom it may concern. Over the past few weeks, I've been asked countless times to comment on reports mm -hmm. of an alleged sexual relationship I had with Donald Trump many, many, many years ago. The fact of the matter is that each party to this alleged affair denied its existence in 2006, 2011, 2016, 2017, and now again in 2018. I'm not denying this affair because I was paid hush money, as has been reported in overseas-owned tabloids. I'm denying this affair because it never happened. I'll have no further comment on this matter, Please feel free to check me out on Instagram. Like I at actually wrote Daniels. That. So um, that, that's the second one. Right. So explain that, to me though. That's so, the second one. There was one before that. Right. So people point to the contents of this letter, mm -hmm. and they say, "Well, what changed? I mean, you, you couldn't have been more categoric in saying." I was still under the NDA. Michael Cohen wrote that and had me sign it, and I didn't want to, which is why I signed my name wrong right before I went on Kimmel and pointed it out. How did you sign your name? It, it doesn't look. It doesn't look like my signature. Oh, I see. Yeah. But you were still under the NDA, so you yes. felt that obliged to do this. I was told if I didn't, they'd sue me for the $20 million or whatever it was. I had not been released from the NDA. People say, and you know this because it's been blazing around on Twitter in the last week. That this all... is some new? Well, no, I, they, I love they that say, people say that it's new. Well, they say, well, this is the and, letter and, that and proves, they say this is the letter that proves Stormy Daniels can't be trusted or, right. or believed. What do you say to those people? I said, I'm the only one that can be believed because I was the last one upholding the original agreement. Mm -hmm. I was the last one doing what I was supposed to do. Um, also, that's, I never testified in court. That wasn't done under oath. That was printed off of an email that Cohen sent to somebody that sent to somebody. Uh, it's not notarized. It's not endorsed. It's not an affidavit. It's not perjury. And I didn't break the NDA because if I hadn't signed that, I would have broken the NDA. If you, had, if you had not denied it. If I had not done what they told me to do, if I had come forward and you know, said the truth then, I would have been liable and I wouldn't have been able to be released. Several months later, your then lawyer, Michael Avenatti, released uh. a sketch of the guy... We're not going to get into him. <laughs> I'll spare you that. Uh, released a sketch of the guy who threatened you in mm -hmm. Vegas. And Donald Trump tweeted a sketch years later about a non-existent man, a total con job, playing the fake news media for fools, but they know it. And in May, the next month, he tweeted that he paid the money via Michael Cohen because the agreement was used to stop the false and extortionist accusations made about her, you, mm -hmm. about an affair. You then sued for defamation right. against Trump because mm -hmm. he was accusing you of inventing right. the Vegas incident with right. this guy who threatened you. Even though there were witnesses and, you know what I mean, like... That was this is this is the this is the crux of the whole thing for me is that going back to that I sued to get released from the NDA. It was dismissed in my favor. Trump owes my attorney attorney's fees. I won that. So I did not break the NDA. Um, if anything, I was the last one standing holding it up. 
um, than the defamation suit. Michael Avenatti wanted to file that. Mm. I told him absolutely not. No, 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 no. He goes, why? I go, he call, I get called way worse things by the minute. I don't right. want, this is not worth And it. once you go down the defamation route, that's actually very hard in America to prove defamation. Right. And so I was anti. I actually found out on Twitter that Michael Avenatti had filed that lawsuit. That's how you discovered it. Uh-huh. I was on my tour bus. And, and to be clear, he then went to prison because he was up to all sorts of stuff. Right. And not anything to do with that particular no. case. Um, but then I was like, oh, my God, no, 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 no. He didn't say anything that bad. And then somebody points it out because that's when the narrative got, the first time it got really nasty towards me. So I was like, oh, my gosh, it, it is defamation. I could be like, I think you're stupid. I think you're ugly. That's my opinion. I can say whatever I want. Mm. If I say, Piers, you're a rapist or you're a thief, that is defamation. Mm. And he called me a liar, and that is defamation. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm always kind of right. But then he messed up the paperwork and missed a deadline, and they didn't have any precedent for going after a sitting president. So I lost the defamation suit. So, so ultimately, on, uh, yeah, you lost it, and they explained it was because of Trump's First Amendment right to free speech. That was upheld on appeal, and the Supreme right. Court declined to review. So that was the legal process. Right, yes. And on the it's not free speech to call somebody something untrue yeah. that's not an opinion. It is defamation. And I believe if he hadn't been who he was, and most importantly, I wasn't who I am, that the outcome of that case would be different. So you felt because you were a porn star and he was president of the United States, you didn't have a chance of winning that? It was unfair, absolutely. The justice system failed me on that. And is that another reason why you felt ecstatic when you heard he'd been indicted? Absolutely. On the 16th of October... Because it's been repeated, repeatedly proven that of all things, I might be a whore, but I'm an honest whore. Like, I'm the only one that has told the truth the whole time. Cohen went to prison for it. Mm -hmm. Like, we have... I'm going to come to that. Uh, on the 16th of October 2018, so towards the end of that year, Trump tweeted, federal judge throws out Stormy Daniels' lawsuit versus Trump. Trump's entitled to full legal fees. Mm -hmm. Great, he says. Now I can go after Horseface and her third-rate lawyer in oh, the great please, state of Texas. Please tell me you're going to read one of my favorite tweets She will tweets confirm ever. a letter she signed. She knows nothing about it, a total con. How did you feel about being called Horseface by the President of the United States? <laughs> I laughed my ass off. First of all, you could say a lot of things about the way I look. I don't actually look like a horse. And even if I did, I happen to love horses. Exactly. They're beautiful. <laughs> but <laughs> my response just sums up exactly like, like, how do you? What did you say? Oh, gosh, you don't have it. It's so brilliant. It's basically like our president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen, outing to the world that he has a penchant for bestiality because this is a guy who chased me for sex repeatedly and then says I look like a horse face. Like, how do you talk about the looks of someone that you were attracted to without making yourself look bad? I mean, it was hilarious. You said that you spent some of the 130000 uh, on a horse trailer. Trust me, I appreciate the hilarity and the irony <laughs> of that too. That's right up there with the hole. What else did you spend it on? I think I just paid, we just paid off home improvement yeah. and stuff like that. You, but you Normal were ordered, stuff. But in the defamation case, because you lost, you were mm -hmm. ordered to pay half a million dollars in legal costs to Trump attorneys. That was split over the original case and the appeal. Mm -hmm. And you've just been ordered yesterday by a court here in California to pay another $120,000 in legal fees. Again, over all that mm -hmm. defamation case. That's over $600,000 now. How much have you paid so far? Um, zero. And some of that is offset. I don't know the exact numbers. You'd have to check. It's all available. 
he I've won against him several times too, so it's it, that's not the accurate number because the attorney's fees I have won take. Do you off. know in that case how much? Yeah. No, I have no idea. You said I will go to jail before I pay a penny. Absolutely, because the justice system failed me. So you're not going to pay it. Nope. Even if it means that you're held in contempt and go to jail. Yep. You're prepared to do that. Yes. I didn't come this far to back down and to give him money. I will say that his attorneys, however, are owed the money. That, that You know what I mean? Mm. Like they did a job. But your argument is he was calling you a liar. Yes. And that actually he was the liar. Yes. So why should you be paying money for a case which in the end found for someone that you believe was the one telling the lies? You said it better than I did. But that's your position. Yes. And I think that it's accurate. It's been proven over and over that I wasn't lying. Like Michael, like I said, Michael Cohen went to prison, mm. and there's still like that's like giving you know not the same degree. I'm not downplaying like a, a more serious crime, you know. Mm. But it's like having to pay your rapist for the sex. Like what? Like I did nothing wrong, but stand up to him and prove that I wasn't lying. I'm not. That's not fair. And I did have a legal defense done, but Michael Avenatti stole that too. Right. In May. 2019, Cohen did go to prison. Uh, another woman that was then established would have had a relationship with him, former Playboy model Karen McDougall, okay. said she had a 10-month relationship with Trump from 2006 to 7. Did you know Karen? Have you, have you met Karen? Do you know her? Um, funny story. No, I didn't even know she existed. Um, I don't even know if I really knew her name. Maybe I knew there was a playmate named Karen, whatever. She... Trump's a man. He's a player, man. He had me and Karen at the same vodka party and introduced us and we shook hands. What? Yeah. The Trump vodka party in Hollywood. I went there with my friend Tara Patrick and her husband at he the time. He introduced you? Yeah. I shook hands with Karen McDougal. We had, I mean, at the time you now know he was having a relationship right. with her too. I mean, that takes a brass neck. Exactly. What do you feel about that? Honestly, kind of impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Have you spoken to her since? Oh, no. I, I mean, I was just, oh, hi, nice to meet you. I, oh. It wasn't even... You've had no contact? No. But you, you weren't surprised that she got 150000 payoff because did you think that's just what Trump did then? Right? Maybe. I don't, I, you know, I can't, I, I don't even remember. I mean, I, it's not like I had a strong either way. I was probably like, huh, I wonder how, I, I think it was more like, oh, I wonder who's next. I expected there to be like a long line. How is your life now? I mean, um, interesting. Always an adventure. Are you, are you happy? It's never boring. It's not boring. <laughs> it's never boring. It, it, for want of a better phrase, it's been stormy. There you go. But are you are you a happy person? I think so overall. I mean, stuff get. I mean, I'm a normal person. You know what I mean? Like I I write and direct movies. I love doing that. I'm trying really hard to to get. I was almost sort of over this and wanted to go back to being taken seriously as a, a writer and director and directing a horror movie, but here comes the orange hobgoblin again to mess everything up. Um, you know, I, I have my horse and, and, you know, my kid's doing great. I'm, you actually compete in equestrian. I used to, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't in five years since it started. Um, and what's it like being a mother through all this? Um, that's the one thing that was taken from me that can never be given back with time lost with, with my daughter. And I get really upset about it. That's what affects me the, the most. And I'll, I'll get emotional and cry. And then, you know. Why? 
because she didn't ask for this, you know what I mean? Um, I'm, there's things that I missed because for a long period of time, the only way to keep her safe was to be advertised of being somewhere else. Press isn't going to show up and knock on the door and chase her home, you know, if they know I'm on stage in another city. So I stayed away a lot to protect her, um, and it worked. Uh, but at the same time, maybe somehow I've created a world that's a little bit safer for her to feel like she could speak her voice one day if she ever needs to. What does she think of what you've done? She thinks I'm a hero. How does that make you feel? My baby. <laughs> uh, when my book first came out, she was small and, and obviously not privy to any of the information inside. But she was with me at a horse show, and my publicist arrived with the first physical copy. I was like, how did you get that? And he, he walked up and he gave it to me, the front of my book, it's dedicated to her, and she was sitting there. And I walked over, I was like, and I showed it to her. I was like, you can't read this for at least 10 years, but read the first page. And, and she opened it and started crying. And what did the first page say? It says, you know, it's dedicated to my beautiful daughter, and she, and she was very emotional about that. And then um, I said, I'm, I'm sorry that I don't get to see you. And she goes, that's okay, Mommy. I understand that there's other little girls out there that need your help more than I do right now. Wow. From like a seven-year-old. And I was like... That's quite something. Jackie Coke, double, please. <laughs> <laughs> How's she doing now? She's fantastic. She's fantastic. Straight A student, artist. Really? Gorgeous. How old is she now? She's 12. Straight she, A's? Straight A's. She's beautiful and smart, and I would like to take full credit for that, but she's very much a mixture of me and her wonderful dad. You married for the fourth time mm -hmm. uh, to someone who'd also been in the adult entertainment business. Barrett Blade was his, his name mm -hmm. uh, in the movies. Fourth time lucky? Let's hope so. He's here. I know. <laughs> Watching. Yes. <laughs> He's behind me, isn't he? No. <laughs> what I love about the story between you two, it's a, it's a real genuine love story because when you were 19, uh -huh. before you'd ever gone into the adult business, yeah, way before. you met at a concert, mm -hmm. he was touring with a band, mm -hmm. and you meet. Right. And then a few years later, you're and both... And I was mean to him. You were? I was really mean to him because my friend dragged me to this show and then wanted to borrow my car to go hook up with a guy, so she left me alone sitting there and he walked up and like I thought he was hitting me or tried to buy me a drink and I was underage and I was so snarky I was like I've X's on my hand <laughs> and then I was stranded there so I ended up forced to talk to him for like four hours and I ended up actually really hitting off and we became you know I, we didn't become friends because that was before social media and mm. I you know I didn't have a cell phone. So you lost phone. track of him. We lost track and then four years later we bumped into each other on an adult set. Well that's an amazing thing. And then he didn't remember my name. <laughs> I said Barrett, and he was like Baton Rouge, which made me be like, this motherfucker got a chick in every city. <laughs> <laughs> but you actually met again on the set of an adult mm -hmm. movie where you, he's your male co-star. Right. He was your first male co-star, I think. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah that we, was your debut. We did our, I had done a bunch of scenes before that, but they were with girls. And so we worked together. And, then and we there's worked, this guy that you met. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Because I like, had such a crush on him that night. You actually wanted to have sex with him. Yeah, and he, didn't, and he didn't even kiss me. And now how messed up I am. Now I do get to have sex with him. He doesn't remember my name. <laughs> See, I make poor choices. There's a pattern here. There is a pattern, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he went on to, we worked together quite a bit. And then he moved to behind the camera. He's a very talented mm. 
um, director of photography and, and cinematographer. So he shot a lot of my movies when I was a director, but we never dated. And uh, then eventually he just decides he's got to tell you he loves you. I think he got drunk and texted me because he just randomly texted me. I think we should get mar married. And I thought he was joking. And then I think we just didn't want to admit we were kidding. And now we're married. Done. But, I mean, it kind of did happen like that. Yeah, and I was like, no, he's no way he's serious. And, and then I met his family. They're like, oh, no, no, he's been saying you're, he was going to marry you for like 10 years. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? So this whole time he yeah. felt this way about you. Yeah. And you probably quietly felt that about him. Absolutely. So when we started dating and we got together, we were like, oh, my God, everybody's going to be so shy. It's going to be the gossip in the porn world. Everybody's like, yeah, about time. <laughs> like, no one was surprised. Everybody's like, yeah, we, we knew 20 years ago you guys were gonna, should be together. Oh, then you're a shitty friend because you didn't tell us. <laughs> like, uh, like nobody was surprised. We thought, oh, everybody's gonna be so shocked when we do our first event together, and everybody's gonna be like, oh my god. And everybody's like, checked out. You got married on the 24th anniversary to the day uh -huh, of, from the day you first met at that concert. Mm -hmm. Was that deliberate? Yes. And when you got married that day, what did you feel about this extraordinary arc of this relationship with this guy? Ah, uh, like finally something came full circle and felt right and it, it really does it just feels right like it just you feel like true love oh for sure and uh, first, uh, for the first time true love for you yes and no like i i've definitely been in love with other people but this is like it's deeper it's you know he's my he's my friend my coworker, my family like we've been through so much and he knows who i really am and it's just Yes, it's exciting and passionate. You got two porn stars going at it. Like, what do you expect? Like, <laughs> obviously, all is that. the sex as sorry, amazing mom, as sorry, I think mom. it must be? His mom's over there. I know, but I've got to ask <laughs> so, you. So, like, is the sex as good as we all assume it must? It's be? It's better. <laughs> but that's to be given. It's it's the other stuff that is the the great thing. It's just um, it's easy. Hmm. He understands you, know? you. Yeah, and what he doesn't understand, he accepts, and vice versa. What does he feel and about Trump and what's been going on? I'm not going to speak for him. If they, if they were in a bar together, would it very quickly descend into the way the <sighs> South tend to resolve these things? That's a very diplomatic way of putting it. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> you, um, you were four when your parents split up. Yes. And you've talked very openly about being raised by a mother who was pretty neglectful. Mm -hmm. um, this is crazy. Did you, what happened to your relationship with your parents? Um, with my dad, I wouldn't say anything happened, you know, like, he was just absent, but he didn't do anything wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? And you could argue that. Is he still way. alive or not? Yes. Do you see him? No. And what about your mother? And he paid, to, he did all the things he was legally obligated to do. Um, in a messed up way, I don't have anything bad to say about him. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, my mom, I... I mean, it was just kind of rocky all the way through. Um, she's a whole different situation. Uh, we go on and off and on again. Do you speak to her or not? No, absolutely not. I have not talked to her since the day my daughter was born. Why? Because when I looked at my daughter, I realized that she deserved better to have somebody like that in her life. Does that make sense? Like, Did your parents ever, ever tell you they loved you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they meant it, but... Yeah, well, yeah, they didn't. Beat but you me. felt you wanted to give your daughter the kind of parenting that you'd never had. Right. I mean, my mother was neglectful, and, and I mean, she. God, this is gonna be such clickbait. Uh, perfect scenario. My mother that I hadn't talked to in ten years, I find online in some British publication, like d Daily something, 
uh, that she'd done a story and sold a bunch of baby pictures of me, and half of the baby pictures weren't even me. Really? Yeah. So begs the question, is she so crazy that she really thought those were pictures of me, or is she so evil that she sold baby pictures of somebody else? Mm. I don't know. You're the journalist. Figure it out. <laughs> That's not good either way, is it? No. Um, I heard that you originally wanted to be a journalist. I know. What was I thinking? <laughs> I think you'd have been pretty good, actually. <laughs> um, I did, because in my high school, that was the only course for kind of writing. Yeah, but one because you went into strip clubs, you know, at age 17, and were an instant huge hit. People loved you. You were a showman right. and stuff. But do you ever wonder, again, the parallel line, if you'd become a journalist? I'd actually abandoned the journalism thing before that, because I wrote for the high school paper, and there's not a lot of creativity. Like, it's, you know... And I'm a much better storyteller with a bigger platform, like, you know, to write novels or scripts. I mean, look how many scripts are right. That's, that's my passion, is to be able to tell a story like that. Stormy Daniels is your stage name, for want uh -huh. of a better phrase. Um, Stephanie Clifford is actually one of your married names. Right. You originally were Stephanie Gregory. Mm -hmm. Which one do you like to be? Stormy Daniels, because I created her myself. How much like Stormy Daniels is the real you? Ooh. I would say as close to 100% as can be. That's pretty much the same. Yeah. What is the biggest misconception about Stormy Daniels? Um, that I'm a liar. <laughs> uh, that I, you know, I have nothing, uh, no other talents, but, you know, laying on my back, which by the way, I do a lot of work kneeling and standing as well. Thank you very much. Um, you know, but I am a writer and director and stand-up comedian. And, and as a person, what do you think your strongest assets are in terms of values? What, what do you think you stand for? Um, being truthful, like almost to a fault. Um, giving too many giving people too many chances, like trying to find the good in people. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have a hard time saying no when someone needs something. You know, I will answer the phone at 3 o'clock in the morning. I may not be the one to help you change your tire, but I'll make sure that somebody gets... I'll, <laughs> I will pay somebody to do it for you. Um, and you're tough, clearly. I mean, you've got guts. Yeah. Nobody would go through what you've gone through yeah. without having a backbone. Yeah, but I'm also a Pisces, so I'll punch you in the face, but I will cry my eyes out about it later. <laughs> <laughs> in your uh, interview with InTouch all those years ago, 12 years ago, I remember it. they asked if you had a message for Donald Trump, and you said, karma will always bite you in the ass. That's aged pretty well, that. Maybe I'll name my next horse karma. <laughs> <laughs> you feel a bit of karma about all this? Yeah, I mean... I mean, who wouldn't? What, what are your feelings about him as you sit here, Donald Trump? <sighs> like, in what way? Like, I don't, I don't hate him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I actually, it was funny you mentioned that. I sat with that maybe yesterday, the day before, and you would assume I, I would. Mm. And, and I probably used to. And I used to probably mm. hate a lot of people, like, just being younger. I hate that person. But they don't really hate. Do you feel sorry for him in a way? I don't really hate anyone, and, and mm. yeah, in a way, I, I, I do feel sorry for, for him. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if it would come out that he's been manipulated a lot more than we, than we think, or that based on the things that have happened to me in the last five years, things I thought would never be possible, um, 
there could be something that we don't know. If he's watching this interview, and he probably is, knowing him. Of course he is. What would you say to him? Oof. I don't know. I'm so torn between being, <laughs> being snarky and, and you know, um, don't get lube in your eyes would be part of it, but like also still like just tell the truth. You know what I mean? Like you do have a daughter. You do potentially have granddaughters and and women. You know, and if you continue to do this, you are setting a precedent where people think that they are. It won't be held ac accountable, and there will be, I just, I'm afraid there's going to be a lot of people hurt. Do you believe if this goes to trial, this particular case, that you will be completely vindicated and that it will be established you've told the truth and he's lied? Um, that's wishful thinking. It will definitely be a giant step closer in that direction, but I don't think it'll ever be 100% because there are some people that are just so steadfast to their beliefs or so unwilling to admit that they were wrong or that he lied or that, you know, they just, they just can't let it go. There'll always be those. In your senior yearbook, there was a picture of you and the quote next to it from you if was... If you show that picture, I will find you. And <laughs> I swear. We're definitely using it now. No, I'm joking. I'm I know not. where you live now. <laughs> That's true, you do. <laughs> um, but you said we all get along. We'll all get along. Let me do it again. In your senior yearbook, you wrote, we'll all get along as soon as you realize that I am queen. Mm -hmm. What do you think they'd all be thinking now, your fellow schoolmates? Sure, listen to her. <laughs> do you feel in a way you're, you're a queen of something, that you're a queen of... Bad decisions. Well, maybe that, but also maybe <laughs> standing up for yeah, yourself. Yeah, that, 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 that one I'll take. I will absolutely pat myself on the back. I will do the right thing at the most bad cost. Is that a flaw or a... No, I think that's a strength. I think that shows a lot of strength of character. Thanks. It's not easy, as you've discovered. Right. Stormy, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been great to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you. You're a lot nicer than I was told you were going to be. <laughs> <laughs>